This is Gerald Horn, historian and political activist, and you're listening to KPFK 90.7 in Los Angeles and KPFK.org in cyberspace for news and views on the Pan-African world and the hippest music mix in North America. Tune in to Freedom Now, Saturdays at 11 a.m. Pacific. 90.7 KPFK, Los Angeles. Views and opinions expressed on the program are those of the show hosts, producers, or the persons appearing on the program, and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of KPFK and Pacifica Radio. Liberated. Freed. Released. Free from traditional social restraints. Sisters. Girls or women who share a common ancestry, allegiance, character, or purpose with another or others. Fellow black women or girls. To Liberated Sisters. I am Angela Birdsong, your guest host, sitting in for Sister Charlene Muhammad, who is the founder and executive producer of Liberated Sisters. Today on Liberated Sisters, we bring you some exclusive coverage from across Los Angeles County and Palmdale with Sister Charlene Muhammad with her pumps on the ground in the Antelope Valley, covering a press conference called by the new Antelope Valley NAACP president, Lori Walker, to address police brutality against black women and allegations of mistreatment by child welfare officials. Later, we will hear from the We Are LA Team Appreciation Event with guest speaker, Mayor Karen Bass of Los Angeles. But first, here is the Justice Report from Palmdale City Hall.
her mother, been supporting the family the past uh, year uh, trying to get answers for Miss Russell and I am a witness to how black families follow proper protocol they follow the rules they file and they request records and they just don't get them they requested Bidingham footage and did not get it and last week when there was a press conference held by LASD I was not notified as a branch president the family was not notified and their very intimate, very traumatic experiences were released to the world prior to them seeing it, prior to them knowing about it. So today I am here representing all of the families that have had negative experiences with systemic racism, but not just the Sheriff's Department, but there's a direct link from the Sheriff's Department issues to DCFS, to DPSS. To our schools out here where people are not being heard so what we're going to do today we're going to show you empowerment we're going to show you a community that is fighting back press conferences aren't supposed to exploit families or to empower to raise awareness of what's going on in an area where it's needed most the antelope valley has the highest racial has highest racial disparities in all of California and all of the country, especially with the Sheriff's Department and DCFS. And we want to put a stop to that through action, through what I've been doing, advocating, sitting in hearings, and just helping people to document their processes, document their experiences. Because despite what they say, despite what black women are saying, calling out for help, they are being ignored. They are dealing with public defenders who don't even look at them when they talk to them. They are de dealing with attorneys who will not let them speak in court, who will not let them file their own complaints. They are having hearings held without their knowledge regarding their children, regarding their families. And we're gonna put a stop to that. We're gonna show you what advocacy looks like. And it's not at, between press conferences, it's, it's the work that happens when the cameras are not around. That's what we're focused on. So, so if you're tired, of, of the same stories circling over and over again. Follow the new administration of the Antelope Valley and the ACP. We are actively and aggressively advocating for the most vulnerable population. So now we're gonna hear um, a bit from another mother, Jasmine. She um, had an issue with the sheriff's department and she was not given adequate information. She was um, wrongly arrested. And when she asked the officer questions, he told her you can thank OJ Simpson for that. Wow. Jasmine literally ended up doing what she needed to do to get her case closed. After, ever since she, they closed her case, they pulled out every single complaint she filed like she never made it. Um, <clears throat> the only thing that I really want to say is uh, I want to know why my children were removed because I still, three years later, don't have an answer to that. And I also want to know where they were for three months when I couldn't speak to them, I had no contact, I couldn't reach out. Um, I have no reason for why my children were removed from me. That was the most traumatic experience of my life. I still go through anxiety because of it. Any knock on the door, um, I'm afraid because I think it's a social worker, somebody that's coming to get my kids. Um, they threatened to come and get another child that I had once I got pregnant when they already had my last two and I didn't know where they were. And so once again, I was afraid and, and running around Lancaster, literally hiding my son because I didn't want them to come and take my son. I didn't even know why they had my last two children. And so I fought for two years myself with no help of an attorney, no help from anyone, not, not even DCFS. They didn't give me any resources. They gave me nothing. The only one that helped me was Lori. And she was there the whole time. Nobody else helped me. I had no help from anyone. Um, the attorney that I had, she did not let me speak. Um, when I did try to speak, she put my, her hand up in my face and told me to be quiet. Um, she pretty much told me that uh, if I let them, you know, uh, I don't know how to say it. So I'm shaking right now. So 
she pretty much told me that if I agreed to lesser things as far as the things that they lesser charges, the things that they were saying against me, that the process would go quicker if I just let it all go and just was like, okay, I, I did do this. It wasn't that bad, but I did it. And um, I, I didn't know where to go from there. They, just, they threatened me and told me I had six months to complete 12 months worth of classes, a year's worth. And if I didn't complete them in six months, then my children would be adopted. And so for, for three months, um, I didn't sleep. I had no idea where my kids were. DCFS did not reach out to me. Um, I tried to request records from the sheriff's department. Um, couldn't get any. They said their machines were down and to try online. And I tried online for maybe three, four months and it was down online. And so I gave up on that. Um, I requested all my records from DCFS. They took everything out of my records. The only thing they kept was the fact that they took them and the allegations that were against me. And that's it. Everything else as far as where my kids were for three months, uh, the abuse that my children endured when they were in the foster home, the name changing, the permit of the hair. Um, none of that is in the reports and I reported it all, all the way down to Catherine Barger's office. I even got a response from Catherine Barger, but it went nowhere. She told me she would request my records herself and she did not do that. And so here I am three years later still with no answers. I have my children, but my nine-year-old daughter, she still remembers the home that she was in where she was abused, where she was asked to not pronounce her name the way I named her, um, where a perm was done in her hair, where she was locked in a room from the outside in and she had to knock to get out to use the bathroom. And these are things that my child tells me every day here and there. She'll tell me a, a memory that she has. So I definitely, I don't need, I don't want, I demand answers of what happened with my children for three months. Why is it that these people, the police, the DCFS, all of them, why are they able to do these things and we get no answers? Why can't we request our records? Why can't we see what's being put onto paperwork? It, it's a problem out here and it's been stressing me out. It's been tearing me apart. And after seeing what happened to my friend Yayo, uh, I'm really disgusted with Lancaster. I don't even want to be in this city. I think it's the worst place to come to. And I hope that there's a change because until then, I would never want to bring my children here. I tell my friends, I tell anybody, don't bring your kids here. Don't come here yourself. This city is something else. And I can't believe the things that happened to me. I can't believe the things that happened to my friend and the way that they, they did her. It was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. And so I say that we, we deserve answers and we deserve them like ASAP. Thank you. Good evening, I'm Vajazitha Payne, a licensed psychotherapist. And I just wanted to stand before the people to make it very clear the importance of mental health and to address the trauma that's been imposed upon us systemically. And it starts early, public school, hospital treatment, even before we were birthed. And I wanted to make sure that my services were available and offered. And Ms. Lori, representing the NAACP, understood the assignment and that she allowed for um, someone, Ms. Annalisa, who I also know and love, um, having um, singing bowls and just to set the atmosphere that is calm and soothing because despite the need to protest and advocate and make sure that the harm that was done is articulated to the community, the people that are harmed need to be handled gently and tenderly and provided support and comfort because they've lived through it and they're still living through it. And so I wanted us all to know that it tr is traumatic to the community when we're harmed and we're devastated and we're mistreated and we're, we're hung upside down by our ankles when we're only three weeks old. It's a travesty and it harms and impacts us all, but that we treat each other gently and that we give each other the care that we need through mental health. Thank you. It does take a village. And a lot of the issues in the Animal Valley, um, they're the highest, but we need support and we do need to stress unity and community. Um, this is the Compton branch president, Miss Paulette Gibson, and she's gonna be sharing um, sharing with us as well. Thank you, Lori. Um, 
it's an honor and a privilege to stand with the families and the victims, as well as the Illinois Valley NAACP. I am the president of the Compton branch of the NAACP. And the attack on our community, and particularly the attack on black women, is very disheartening and very discouraging. And if we don't stand up as an organization, as a community, as a people, we will continue to be victimized and abused. It is unacceptable use of force. Police officers should be de-escalating situations, not escalating them and not making them worse. There are enough officers, there were enough officers in this situation that they could have taken the baby without assaulting and punching the young victim in the face. We're standing with the victim because we feel like not only was she traumatized and victimized, so was her child. And the reason, and we don't want to lose sight too, sometimes you could be distracted by the minor and miss the whole thing. The issue is, why was she arrested in the first place? For not having a car seat in a car? Talking about that is endangering a child. When you take a three-week-old baby from her mother, that's also endangering that child. You should have got success. And so we want to know, what is the policy of the sheriff department? If you stop someone and they don't have a car seat for their baby, is that your policy to arrest them? Or is that a policy for black people? You shouldn't have arrested the young lady because now not only does she have a case, now she has to get a lawyer that's taken from her family and now she's in the system. Why should her baby in this be in the system for not having a car seat? At best, a ticket should have been given to the driver, but not arrest the mothers. We are tired of our community being victimized and treated differently than anybody else. We want officers that will protect and serve not abuse us, attack us, and victimize us, and not make our kids afraid to even come in contact with the police and law enforcement. We are not enemies to law enforcement, but we are gonna stand up for our community, and we are not gonna take this anymore. And we're asking Sheriff Luna, if you are, we know that you wanna make a difference. We know that you're trying to make a difference. We know that you released that tape, but you should have consulted the family before you released that tape. They should have saw that tape before anybody else. We're just asking for our community to be treated fairly and equitably. And we want police and law enforcement to treat us right. We also want children's services to do the right thing. If you have that baby, there's no reason that anybody should be standing up here saying they didn't know where the kid was for three months. If that policy, if that is your policy, then we need those policies looked into to make sure those policies or for the best interest of a child. Because taking a, a child and separating them from their family also is traumatizing to the children. And we want everybody to be sensitive to the needs of our children and our community, especially law enforcement. We need law enforcement officers on the streets that are sensitive to the needs and the best interest of our community. This should never have happened. The reason why they are arrested should never have happened. And we're just standing with the Antelope Valley as she stand with the families to make sure that their rights are protected. Compton Branch supports you totally. And we are praying for the family. God bless you all. I just want to add one more thing. Um, we're asking for a bit greater accountability um, into these matters. All these department heads and administrators who aren't running successful organizations. But one thing I want to give to encourage people, while we're asking and, and demanding change, I'm gonna be um, as influential as I can to show the community how to be empowered and, and get what you need while you wait for others to get on board. We're gonna to continue to document. We're gonna to continue to file complaints. We're gonna to continue to follow the laws, follow the policies, and we're still gonna push. But what we're gonna do differently we're going to move together. We're going to document. We're going to share. We're going to show. You don't get to tell our stories. You don't get to take that from us. You've already taken our voices. You've taken our babies. You've taken our rights. We're taking it back. So I'm going to show you what it means to sit in a hearing and just observe. Get a notepad. If you feel um, like you're not being heard, at least hear yourself enough to know Figure out a plan. What are you going to do about it? You're going to let it happen? Reach for help if you have to. 
utilize mental health and emotional health yes. services, that should be primary before someone, before you tell your story, you don't owe anyone your story. Fix your story. Work together. This is power. This is power. Thank you, everybody. Yes, I would like to read a scripture out the book of Galatians, chapter 6. It says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in their sin, you who live by the Spirit. Everybody okay? We bind that spirit. We bind that. Get on up out of here. I would like to read gently, but watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. Carry each other burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something, when they are not, they deceive themselves. Hey, speak it. Each one should test their own actions. Right. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in well-doing. For at the proper time, we will reap harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. I want to repeat that. Let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Amen. See, what large letters I use, I write to you with my own hand. Those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are not trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised keep the law. Yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation, peace and mercy to all that follow this rule, to Israel of God. wanted him to read that scripture because that's the days we're living in now and if you take that scripture that was just written and it was written so many years ago but we're living in it now I like to keep God in the midst of everything that's going on so first I would like to pray Father God with you in heaven hallowed be thy name thou kingdom come that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I just ask that the Spirit cover us and watch what come out of our mouths because people are listening and watching and you have to walk by sight, by faith. I want the people that's listening be careful what you're listening to so people that's listening please make sure you have the spirit in your ear people that's speaking be careful what you're speaking I'm not here to talk about my daughter's case right now because I know God have fully control this is his battle I'm just following the footsteps that he ordering he brought on my ram in the bush. And that was Miss Laura. Miss Laura is my ram in the bush. I came out here seeking help for my daughter. 
And I told my daughter, go to NAACP. She didn't take the steps. I came out here not looking for NAACP. They found me. That's when I know God was in the midst of what was going on. So just the incident that's going on right now, we don't know why it happened. We don't have the answers, but we are looking for justice because this can't keep going on. This lady ain't seen her babies. Who have the rights to take your babies and you not see your child? That's not right. No matter what the circumstances is, she should still know where her child, where her kids are. I rebuke this bug in the name of Jesus. I rebuke him. I am not going to be moved. I would have been running because I can't stand bugs, but God said be still. Continue to speak. The devil always try to interrupt when the word is coming out. When you getting a good word and it's his, and this is from God, oh, the devil was sent. He was sent a, he'll, he'll send a distraction. He was sent a distraction. So with me saying what I'm saying is, um, we all got to make sure we put God first in the middle, in the midst of what we're doing right now. You know, I'm sorry what happened to you, young lady. Um, and I know it's something's going on up here and it's bad because they taking everybody's child and they taking them illegally. That's not right. That's not right to take somebody's child and then pin something on them to remove the child. But that's how they get paid, baby. That's how they get their money. But you continue to fight. Don't let nobody take what you got going on. God got a fight in you. He got a place for you. And you're going to get your kids back. Okay. Amen. God is good. God is good. It was temporary, but it was a message in that. So whatever message that was in there, you hold on to it. Okay. Well, um, that's all I wanted to say, just to make sure we all keep God first. And what's going on right now, uh, my family, we're going to keep marching. We, I'm here. I'm Not only that I'm my daughter's mother, but I have a business, Operation Sandbox, and this is what I do. I like helping kids and helping uh, single women that's going through problems. You know, so we can be able to overtake and overcome and get everything back the way God instructed to be. Because this is not the way he instructed to be. And that's why that message was read. And anyone that was listening to that message, please go over it understand the word but you're not going to understand it if you're not in the spirit you have to be in the spirit to understand his word because god sent me here to make sure not only we receive it it's somebody that's watching listening they need this word that was just given so take this word meditate on it fast on it and then move thank you and amen thank you amen Thank you guys for coming, but this was support. I wanted to show support. This is what community support looks like. Sometimes you don't wait to help people, you go out. So we gotta do some old fashioned grassroots activism. Um, like Dr. Cory Booker said, stop having dinner parties. Stop having tea parties, stop having quick give giveaways. Sometimes you have to reach the people where they are. You gotta get out of your comfort zone and you gotta hear from people. So if you're tired of the same old press conferences where the same people speak over and over again, come to Adult Valley and the ACP. We're going to aggressively challenge the systemic issues, the systemic racism, and we're going to show you what it means to love thy neighbor. Amen. Go see how your neighbor's doing. For more information about this case, you can read more at thefinalcall.com. Next, hear about the We Are LA movement that strives to stop homelessness before it starts. I was told to deliver this message. You think you're invincible because you got money, bombs, guns, and planes killing babies, innocent people. I think you're insane. Chaos and destruction is the name of your game. Somebody's got to stop you before the whole world goes uh. up in flames. So he told me to tell you I'll fight for my brothers. We can go to war. Fighting for my father, I will give my life for. I feel so alone in this white man's world. Whip it in the kitchen, watch that white turn pearl. Standing on the corner, standing on my phone. 
Standing with my gangsters, but I'm standing on my own. If you step in me as zones, let you like you be alone. Sacrifice my life, understanding each is own. Toast to the keys of success. Bear rose on my breath. I've been a student since 03. And we can fight till we see peace. I fight like that. 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 Let me holla at you for a minute, give you game. Real scrappy, love the bottom, boot of bang. Trigger happy, and everybody in the game. You shot your family and didn't even know it, man. Same rules, same code, with a different slang. Struck him up, now they took him up to picture frame. Mama, don't cry, we gon' get by. Two weeks later, got killed in a drive-by. Must we fight amongst each other? Reach one, each one, teach one, my brother. I teach them how to fight on the grass and in the class. Snoop Dogg, all stars, yes, sir, they coming fast. D1, football, we won. Now I'm proud of my son, little Snoop, yes, sir, cause he won. Right on, SC, fight on. We 100, keep it coming. Dip, slip, slide on, light on. I fight like that, I fight like that, I fight like that, I fight like that, I fight like that. I fight like that, 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 I fight like that. Watching the warriors, the story of the rebels. You from the ghetto, then you know never to settle. I'm shooting common on the streets, I'm a pharaoh. Battling in African American apparel. Fists on a t-shirt, young is doing street work. Grinding till they teeth hurt, that's because they need work. Working till the feet hurt, trying to get my soul right. Used to be on old bikes, serving them that cold white. Wars in the winters, the block is hot in summers. Today's mathematics, we know it's drifting up. To the bosses and the runners, the hustlers and the stunners We fight for the hundreds, we fight for the oneness He fights with the heat, he fights with the sleet He said I am who I am, I can't be beat Nobody has won a war against me in our city and homelessness in Los Angeles and a lot of you like me have known Mayor Bass for a long time and when she says she's gonna do something she does it but we're here to help her do it because she can't be successful in moving people from the streets into housing unless we're also preventing people from falling into homelessness. And you all are the ones that are doing the hard work to make that happen. Because what We Are LA is all about is outreaching to neighbors and friends and communities by community members and getting them directly linked up with the services that they need. And we got a bunch of the promotoras, the caseworkers here too. And they're the ones that are connecting people 
to health care and CalFresh and income supports and to the legal services they need to avoid evictions. So we've got community outreach doing the hard work and, 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 and the promotors and caseworkers. We've got legal services. But really what We Are LA is about, it's about a partnership. It's about a partnership with community groups. So we've got We Are California. Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. We've got Esperanza, community housing. They're the promotors. We got St. John's Health Clinic, the great health clinic in South LA. We've got Ace, they're in the house. We've got Black Women for Wellness. We got LA Can, and I saw Pete White his own self there. We got Sherla. We got Sherla. And here we go. We got Community Coalition, Coco, which the mayor helped to start. She was the founder a long time ago. And we got Inner City Struggle. And we got Scope, who's here in the house. And we got the city's family source centers. Uh, they do wonderful work. They've been carrying the ball as part of Stay Housed LA, and we're building. We're building on what they've on what they've done. And by the way, uh, we've got um, uh, Veronica McDonald, who's assistant director, is here too. Where are you, Veronica? Okay, there she. Give her a hand. And you know, there were twenty-seven thousand evictions in Los Angeles last year, 27,000. And there are gonna be thousands more this year. So the legal services to provide lawyers to people is critical. And so the Legal Aid Foundation of LA is coordinating all of the work of Beth Zedek and Inner City Law Center and Neighborhood Legal Services to bring that together with volunteer lawyers to try to provide legal services. So that's critical. Give them a hand too, because they deserve it. And what can we say, what can we say about We Are California and the work they're doing to bring all this together? And I know that Sabrina Smith and Lydia Vila and LaShawn White are all here. Give them a, they've been doing the hard work. Give them a hand. And now we're going to hear from one of the people who's putting together all of the outreach, Cassandra Cordova. Cassandra. All right, thank you, Conway, for starting this right. Hey, everyone, my name is Cassandra Cordova, pronoun she and hers. I'm the project manager with We Are California and the program We Are LA. I hope everyone's enjoying themselves today. How are we doing? All right. Today, we are honoring and celebrating all the work that has gone into We Are LA. Uh, Mayor Bath here with us today has helped launch this innovative all hands on deck effort um, by folks all across the city of LA to prevent houselessness before it starts with prevention. What's unique about this program is that it brings together community organizations like those here today to protect our neighbors from falling into homelessness. As we know, one-to-one um, -one conversations with people from our own communities are the best way to build trust unite people, and lift the needs of our communities and decision-making. We are LA organizers, everyone here today, <laughs> have been reaching out to residents via door knocking, um, on the phones, and the community's hardest hit by the housing crisis, like South LA, Pico Union, the East Side, Pacoima, and Skid Row in downtown LA. Now I'll pass it over to Ms. Aretha, an organizer with Scope, to share our compliments so far. How's everybody doing today? I think I got the most important job because I'm getting ready to tell you how bad we are when we're out here canvassing. Okay? Now, collectively, we have had conversations with over 34,000 folks. 34,000 folks! That's a lot. The residents within one out of three indicating they are in need of supportive services, and that's 
to get to reach people like that is awesome. You know, now let's give a huge shout out to all those canvassers, me, everybody that ever canvassed out here. We've been out in the streets, we've been, we've been knocking on doors, hearing the stories of folks in need, giving them hope and help is available. And I know we've been in a good job. Now, we have one more month. One more month. That's a lot. If we did this in six weeks, imagine what another month would do. We have one more month to reach out to community members and connect to them to services the We Are LA Movement. Okay, none of this is possible without you because we are the ones that are out here talking. I'm one of them. Walking them hills and so feel proud. This is an accomplishment. This is good. We're still here to talk about it, okay? I'm going to hand it over to Chris from Esperanza Housing who will share more about the work that Esperanza is doing. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Rika. I appreciate it. Thanks for your introduction. Uh, my name is Chris Castellanos. I work for Esperanza. I am the manager for the VR program. It is a great pleasure that I lead the community health promoters from Esperanza Community Housing and work with them daily day basis. The promotors have been actively engaging with communities on the streets of Los Angeles, reaching out directly to the people, which is our people. Their efforts have been instrumental in ensuring that Angelinos are aware and can take full advantage of the resources available to them. From financial assistance, employment opportunities, disability benefits, legal aid for those who are facing evictions. The promotors work tirelessly to bring these vital resources to the community. Without their dedications, thousands of Angelinos would not have access to legislation, organizations designed to protect their, their source of income, their homes, and their hope for a better, uh, better future. So let's please join me in giving a huge round of applause to the promotors who are here with us today. Thanks for their hard work. After a few weeks, after we started VRLA, we have reached out to over 5,473 people. And hundreds of them have been receiving essential uh, services. Being part of Maribel's e efforts to help those in need and those the most vulnerable to true honor to follow us. So thank you so much, Karen. Let us continue this momentum and together let's change people's lives for the better. Thank you, everybody. to give a story of some of the impact that y'all have been having on these thousands of folks that we've been talking to across the city. So can I have Miss Angela from LA Can give it up? Okay, thank you, Lydia. Thank you. Greetings, greetings, Mayor Bass, members and leaders of the community and my fellow canvassers knocking on doors, making phone calls. We are LA, right? As you guys already know, I am Angela Birdsong from Los Angeles Community Action Network, LA CAN. One of the 10 community partners of the We Are LA program, an innovative program that strives to stop homelessness before it starts by reaching out to individuals and communities like yours and mine to make sure everyone has a safe, healthy place to call home. So we conduct a short, impactful survey that takes perhaps 50 seconds that identifies some key issues in order to connect individuals for support and services determined by Esperanza Housing to keep people in their homes and not in the streets. Yes, a simple phone call, a knock on the door by a stranger to a stranger who is our neighbor, right? This starts the process to connect lives and to build trust. When they answer the phone or open the door to tell us what issues are affecting them, the We Are LA conversations begin to save and connect lives. I can tell you that is the truth. Not long ago, while phone banking, I'm one of the phone bankers, I had a conversation with a young man who was in a desperate situation. He was close to being homeless, was isolated, and felt alone in the battle. He said to me, 
I was the first person that he told that he was at risk of being evicted from his home. And he didn't know which way to go or how to handle the situation. Through our conversation, I told him about Esperanza housing that they will be calling. But in the meantime, I reconnected him to Covenant House, an organization close to my heart due to a close friend and their family. Because of We Are LA, of movement of residents and communities like his, we connected him to vital mental health resources with National Alliance of Mental Illness, NAMI. And I gave him the telephone number to LA Can to Los Angeles Community Action Network, who understands the eviction process. He was so grateful for this information, for this life-changing conversation. He felt alone, but one phone call, one knock on the door from Black Women for Wellness, from Chirla, from Scope, from Community Coalition, as part of We Are LA, to connect him to support services, giving him hope and action to survive. The phone calls and the door knocking from community to community create these stories. Keeps all of us living out the golden rule, the second greatest commandment, to love your neighbor as you would love yourself. Our neighborhoods are waiting for We Are LA to reach out with a helping hand from Ace Action, from LA Voice, from Groundworks Campaign, from Inner City Struggle, who will actively listen to their stories. Telling stories saves lives, changes lives, and connects lives. Now, you may wonder why I do this. I want to share a little bit of my story, my journey with you. In 2009, I found myself unable to pay my mortgage due to a major health scare that I had in 2008 that had me out of work for over a year. Back in 2008, I was in the hospital. My doctors were telling my parents she's not going to make it out. She's not going to make it out of the emergency room. She's not going to make it out of surgery. And she's not going to make it out of ICU but I'm standing here today. Because I was fortunate to have a support and a safety net. However, I know many of our neighbors aren't so fortunate to have those type of safety nets and support. Those personal moments of despair, uncertainty and fear have shaped my heart, my faith, strengthened my inner person and how I approach my work at LA Cam. In our darkest hours, support, resources, and a kind voice can change the trajectory of a life. Right. Mayor Karen Bass, thank you for being consistent in your work in all the political realms that you have stepped into. Thank you for still having a heart and soul of a community activist. Thank you. Thank you for launching We Are LA. Ladies and gentlemen, our 43rd mayor of Los Angeles, whose campaign I supported, please welcome Mayor Karen Bass. And by the way, you couldn't have given me a better compliment than to say where my heart is, because that's who I am. It doesn't matter what my job is. 
Whatever job I have, it's to further our community, it's to address the problems that we have, and it's to bring us together because I know that coming together we have the power because I know the community organizations that are in this room. And what really warms my heart so much is that one, I know all of the organizations. We've been in this fight for a long time, whether it's on the ground or in the halls of some institutions, it really doesn't matter. What matters is what your values are, what you're fighting for, and I'm very clear what I'm fighting for. And that's for social and economic justice and the manifestation of that struggle right now are the people that are on the street, something that a few decades ago I would have never imagined happening. And it has happened in a way that we have a generation that has grown up that thinks this is normal. But those of us that have been around for a while, remember when this was not the case. And if it wasn't the case decades ago, there is no reason that our people have to be on the streets living outside. Yesterday, we had in our city the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. A woman who is a friend and a, and a mentor of mine when I was in Washington, D.C., African-American woman, from uh, Louisiana and yesterday morning I took her downtown. We spent a lot of time traveling around Africa together when I was in Congress and I said look at the situation downtown. This is a crime for people in the richest country in the history of the world to live like this in a city where we have an abundance of billionaires and millionaires and tremendous wealth. Just go a couple of miles away from here. Just go a few blocks from here. How do you have a situation with all of this wealth and all of these resources and people who fall between the cracks and are living on the street? It is an injustice that our movement is united around because we are not going to put up with this any longer. Our people need to live, our people need to be housed, and it's because of the efforts of all of you that we are not going to allow the next wave of people to fall between the cracks and wind up out on the street. So, I, yeah, that's right, Cice Puede. I know we can do this. <laughs> We've had plenty of challenges before, and we look it in the face, and we fight. Well, I just want to thank Conway Collis, the CEO and president of the Mayor's Fund. Conway, for your work. The organizer extraordinaire, Lydia, that everybody knows. <laughs> All of the organizations that are here that I feel very proud to have known and worked with for decades. I like that you in my neighborhood, because see, I live right up the street. I might not be staying there right now, but I'm real clear where my neighborhood is. And it's really nice that everybody is here outdoor knocking, because when Conway showed me the data that at the end of June there were 3,000 evictions at the court, the idea that there could be 3,000 more people on the street is more than I could bear. And that was at the end of June. Another month has passed. We cannot allow our people to continue to fall out of housing and onto the street. I see Pete White over there. Pete White, who's been in this struggle for, I don't even, well, I do know how long. <laughs> exactly how long. <laughs> Nancy, I mean the folks that have been in this struggle for years, you know it's what brings us together, it's what warms my heart, and now this new role, I wind up in a lot of different parts of town, in a lot of different settings, and there were places I was, real fancy places I was supposed to go tonight, I'm like, nah, uh-uh, I'm coming to the neighborhood, I need a dose, I need a dose of love. I need a dose of purpose. 
because the way you keep going, no matter what room you're in, no matter who you're dealing with, is to be real clear about what your purpose is. And I know what our purpose is. Our purpose is to save lives. Because if you wind up on the street, your life is cut short. Your life expectancy is cut short. And three to five people die every day. And that is just unacceptable. So I'm so glad to be here and just want to thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And I know many of you in another setting were very supportive. <laughs> And we showed that no matter what, at the end of the day, it's the power of the people that wins. And we're going to win this time. Thank you very much for all that you do. LA and the statewide movement at wearecalifornia.org. Thank you for tuning in to Liberated Sisters on KPFK. KPFK is a progressive media outlet, challenging corporate media perspectives and providing a voice to voiceless communities. Pledge securely online at kpfk.org. As Sister Charlene Muhammad says, if it's impacting our community or can uplift us as a people, Let's talk about it. Next, Freedom Now. dial in the car, trying to find something other than uh, the usual dribble and fluff and nothingness on the rest of the airwaves, and I just uh, stumbled across KPFK, and I was just drawn to it like a magnet, and I was just listening to it intently, and all of a sudden, I decided, I, I have got to pull off the freeway here. I found the nearest telephone booth. I called my wife and said, you have got to turn on 90.7 FM. I will talk to you when I get home. This is incredible. What I noticed was different right away was that people were being interviewed at length. And when they were talking about the purpose for the station, the reason for being was to promote understanding among peoples of all races and, and uh, from all countries and all classes and to provide information about the events of the world that were not reported or not reported completely or in depth by any of the other major news outlets, uh, broadcast or print. And I just thought that was phenomenal. And I, I've been blessed ever since. Spotlight Africa speaks to a different African reality. I think we need to begin to engage as equals rather than begin to engage as if we are Africa is a territory where people from outside have a right to be able to dictate and give a solution. It's about understanding contemporary Africa, the continent's current affairs, politics, economics, and the significance of Africa globally. I am Asumta Uturu. Join us every Saturday at noon here on KPFK 90.7 FM, Los Angeles. That is Spotlight Africa every Saturday at noon here on KPFK 90.7 FM, Los Angeles. And our countries are colonial structures. Africa for Africa. Maybe you've been listening to Pacifica and KPFK for years, even decades, and you appreciate how important KPFK is in your life. If you're a forward-thinking donor who wants future generations to benefit from KPFK's independent journalism and unhindered creativity, then join KPFK's Legacy Circle and include KPFK in your will or living trust. For details, visit our website at kpfk.org.